What's up, rap stars? It's your host, Romeo Santos, along with our special guest host today, Joel Feldman, and also one of my partners in real estate, Kenny Fulton, is out today, uh, busy in this hot um, winter, spring market, um, trying to get uh, his buyers under contract. So um, today, I'm excited to have Joel on the show with us. We're going to actually be talking about some uh, interesting happenings in the uh, in the mortgage industry that's going to affect a lot of people, and we're going to do a little backstory on, um, on 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 some of these agencies that I don't think a lot of people know. Definitely not you consumers that are listening out there. For the most part, I don't want to say definitely, and a lot of agents also. When I talk to them, I find they don't. So, Joel, how are you, man? I'm great, man. I feel like I got some big shoes to fill. You know, filling in for Kenny, but um, I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate the you know the opportunity. Uh, the- Fill in coming out of the bullpen. Awesome, awesome. So, um, what we're going to be talking about today is the um, the the announcement made by FHFA, which is the um, Fair Housing um, Finance Agency. Thank you. Look at that. I totally <laughs> blew it on that one. I don't know what was going on. Well, you total brain fart. FHA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, all these, all the Freddies and all the Fs, right? And and you know there's an announcement that they're going to start placing high balance loans and second homes, additional points and fees are going to be associated with those. And, and, and what, what impact that has and why they're even doing that. A lot of people may not have even heard about that, but starting April 1st is when they're going to start doing this. So if you have a high balance loan, which basically means a jumbo loan. So anything that's not in your conforming FHA limits, or if it's a second home, you're going to get an additional fee imposed on you and also possibly some changes in your pricing, meaning your mortgage rates as a result of this new regulation. And so what we're going to do is unpack this a little bit and talk about that. So Joel, you're, you're in Ocean City. It's a second home market. Um, What are some of the thoughts, concerns, fears that maybe you and and your fellow Ocean City agents and even Florida agents are having? Yeah. So I I spent most of my life in in the second home market and real quick, just to back up, April 1st is the deadline, but we're already being told that most are going to, some investors have already started to post this. Um, so it's really going to, you'll probably start to see it towards the end of this month, definitely by March 1st, um, yeah. you're going to start to see it. But yeah, with, you know, the, the thing that maybe a lot of people on the show, don't, you know, listening don't understand is, you know, they're, we're not buying the house. It's not our money. We're borrowing the money. And, and you know, so these loans are, are given to us, you know, with other people's money, investors' money. So mm-hmm. they weigh the risk. And in their thought process is loans that are very high balance and second homes are much higher risk. I mean, let's be honest, right? If, if something happens and you lose your job, God forbid, or, or um, you know, you, you come on some financial hardships, what's the first thing to go? It's sure. not going to be your primary. Yeah, second house. You're giving up that Ocean City condo. Oh, right. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't want to be the sky is falling guy. But you're you're probably looking at some significant rate hikes as the interest rates are actually starting to go up again already. Anyways, right. So, you know, we can dive into that a little bit, too, yeah. the emotional part of it. Right, right. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to back up a little bit and actually break down, like, who is Fannie Mae and who is Freddie Mac? Okay. And so uh, Fannie Mae, I believe, in 1968 was established, and it was established to be able to provide um, more resources for affordable housing. And it is a government-owned um, company or government-based um, organization. And then Freddie Mac is actually private. That was started in 1970 with the same idea to be able to create additional affordable housing. And so what they do 
is they will actually purchase bundles of loans from lenders, right? And so when you go and you get a loan from, let's say, direct home, uh, direct mortgage loans or Loan Depot or cross-country mortgage or even Wells Fargo, Bank of America, possibly, they're not typically going to hold that loan. They're going to buy, they're going to provide the loan. They're going to make some money by providing that loan. Then they're going to package some of their loans together and they're going to sell them to Fannie and Freddie Mac. And what they're doing is they buy them as mortgage-backed securities. And then they raise money because people are investing in those mortgage-backed securities. And by doing so, they free up the capital for those banks to be able to continue to produce loans because they don't have unlimited capital. So they really have a certain amount of capital. They make loans once they're tapped out or getting close to tapped out. They sell them in the secondary mortgage. They get flush again and they can continue to provide loans. Did I miss anything on that, Joel? No, just the point that, you know, your local loan officer, that great person that you're, you know, him or her that you're dealing with. Um, their company is not the one funding the loan. They're really just doing the work. Correct. Um, so that's why you'll see that, you know, 90 some percent of loans are typically being sold most of the times before you make the first payment. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why you're getting a letter in the mail from ABC loan processing, you know, so right. it can be a little confusing for people. They don't really understand that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, and why should they, right? Yeah. How many, how often are people, the lay person buying a house? Now us as agents, we need to know this and we need to be able to explain it. And I don't like to ever say that I'm a mortgage expert because I'm not, I'm a real estate expert. That's my, that's my job. Yet I do find it is my responsibility to know enough that I can share this type of information with other agents, agents on my team, with my consumers, yeah, it's really important as, you know, when you go out to find your real estate agent, it's important they understand the work. They, they may not be an expert on it, but they need to know real estate law. They need to know about mortgages. They need to know about title. Um, and then really it doesn't hurt to know about some of the, the inner workings of a home. You know, yeah. we're in the middle of a septic system thing now. Um, so I've learned, I've got educated. But yeah, it's really important that, that you're able to educate them. And then, of course, the most important part is aligning with the right vendors and professionals in the industry so yeah. um you know like some of the, the you know loan options we use totally and, and and i'm sure everybody out there they're probably asking themselves okay great guys you're sharing a lot of awesome information and we appreciate it but they're probably asking the same question that i asked before i started reading as many articles as i could possibly get my hands on but why are they imposing these fees why are they doing this that's the funny thing there's no answer to that question i mean because they do it they don't really ask they don't come out and ask the, the lenders. They don't come out and ask the real estate agents, like, what do you guys think? This kind of came out of left field. Now, traditionally, second homes and investment properties are always a little bit higher. Sure. Um, and they More kinda, risk. They kind of eased up on that um, when the whole, you know, boom came in COVID and all that mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, but then they kind of overcorrected. And yeah. so, you know, we're possibly looking at, you know, in some cases, one, two points, um, you know, above what the rates are going to be. And, and we're going to see those rates probably go up. Yeah. You know, even though they, and the argument is the rates are still historically low. I'm like, yeah, but people don't think that way. Yeah. The, the psyche doesn't work that way. I mean, and I think we, years now. Yeah. We did a class yesterday and the lender um, has been in it for quite some time who was uh, sponsored lunch for us. And, and he said, you know, I bought a house in 1974 and he asked, does anybody know what the mortgage rate was? And there actually was an agent that was in the class that knew 22%. And she, and, and he, and he made a great point. He goes, then you know what people are doing then? 
and everybody was kind of like blank face and he goes they were buying houses yeah they were still buying houses but yes you're right when the rates have been in the threes or even high twos and then we're talking about fours yeah that's a big deal and i've been fortunate i've been licensed since 2001 the highest rate that i've seen is seven and a half percent yeah that's the highest rate i've ever seen so they've only gone down for me Yet it is possible that they could go up, whether or not they will get that high seven, eight percent or above. Who knows? We don't know. We don't have that crystal ball. But it is good for you to be able to understand this and know the historical. And even when you're talking to your client, help them understand. Listen, when I got licensed or even if you weren't licensed, you say, listen, in 2001, interest rates were seven and a half percent. We're still almost half of what that rate was. And it's 20 years. So that's not that long ago, really. Yeah, and just a really important side note, and you would think I'm a loan officer to what I'm talking. Um, if for some reason you own a second home or investment property or something like that, where for whatever reason you didn't get around to it and you haven't refinanced and you thought, well, you know, I'm at 5%, it's still not that bad, you better be calling now, you know, because, yep. um, you know, a lot of people that are carrying some of these second homes, you know, these condos down in Ocean City, sometimes they don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And they've been, because they, they're, they're focused on the payment. Right. That's what they're focused on. And, you know, you, you know, I've refied um, two properties this year. I'm sorry, last year, I refied two properties and I saved a combined $950 a month. <laughs> that's huge. That's real money. That's huge. Yeah. And I bought some toys with that. There you go. Life, but, you know, <laughs> but so, you know, hopefully you've all refied by now, but yeah. if you haven't, man. Well, and, and that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. These fees that they're talking about are actually going to apply to refinances as well. All right. So um, we're talking a little bit about why they're doing it. Joel's right. There's not really a reason. But what they're saying is two reasons. OK, one is they're saying that they want to be able to make sure that there is ample resources for these affordable housing programs that are out there. OK, two, I think is the honest reason is basically they want to be more solvent. They want to make more money is what they're saying. And so they say both of them, but I really believe that the answer is that they've been in conservatorship because they were in trouble. Yeah. They're out and they want to make money again. Yeah. But to go back to your first point too, um, that it does make a little bit of sense. Like, you know, I'm not usually the one to agree with them, but um, the, the cost of homes is going up. True. So they're lending out more money than they would. That $300,000 house two, three years ago is now 400000 Sure. So they're lending out more money. The other thing that I think they're trying to encourage us to, especially with the second home is, is the penalty goes down the more you put down. Sure. So they're encouraging you to put more money down. So, so you know, they're like, well, hey, I know, you, you know, you could get second homes for 10% down, but now they really want to push you. I mean, you're still being penalized if you're putting 25 percent down right um so they're you know but believe it or not a lot of people are sitting on a lot of money right now so yeah um so i think that's the other thing that's driving it you know trying to say you know hey it's a risk thing mm. you put 10 percent down or you put 30 percent down yeah there's a nice cushion in there if something were to happen yeah for sure for sure and and listen i i, I hate to be the skeptic I, I am a little bit on the skeptic side when the government tells us that they're doing something that's for our benefit. Uh, don't mean to offend anybody out there and don't mean to get political here. But, you know, I, I, I do think that Joel's right. Yeah, I mean, he's right. They're, they're, they're lending a lot more money out and they're doing that. And also one of the things that they said in the articles that I've read is that by charging this extra point, they're going to have more ability to give more breaks to the people that are in the lower income 
and to minimize some of those additional fees because they're more capitalized on the other side. And so in essence, what they're saying is that the rich have more so they can spend a little bit more, which is going to help those that are less fortunate. And on the grand scheme like of things, the rich thing, yeah, it's so. taxing the rich, right? I mean, it, you know, listen, at the end of the day, the more money that we earn, the more that we should be able to pay is the theory there. I don't love that. I'll be totally honest with you. I don't love that. I, I, I don't love paying more taxes than I need to. And I'm also feeling fortunate and grateful when I do have to write that check that I am earning more money and I'm in a position to do so, right? So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We don't necessarily want to pay more taxes than we need to. And as long as they are going to benefit good, right? I mean, helping people to be able to buy a home, even though there are many people out there who say it's not a good investment, it's not an investment, it's a liability. I agree, it's a liability. However, it's a forced savings plan for you, right? I mean, my father, my mother at their age now, homes being paid off, that's several hundred thousand dollars that maybe they weren't counting on. Yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 it is a great investment for you if you treat it as such. And my favorite is the accidental investor, yeah. right? I bought a condo, I'm 25 years old, let's say. Now I'm 35, I'm getting married and now we buy a house, but that condo, I can rent it. I'm an accidental investor, but guess what? Now I've got another asset. Maybe that pays for college and it pays for you know trips and it pays for all sorts of stuff or it just pays for our retirement when we're ready to be retired. Here's something nobody's talking about. And, you know, maybe, if, you know, just being on the podcast, you know, it's probably cool to maybe talk about some some different theories if there are some things out there. Let's do it. Well, what does the Fed do to slow down? We're, we're you know, and we know this isn't political, right? But it's just a fact. The fact is we're at a 40-year high for inflation. Yeah, what is it, over 6% now, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, and man, I can talk about that for days because they say 6%, but the, you go to the store and everything's up 50%. Right, right. right. So I think this inflation is a little higher now. But... The point is, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. So they came out, what, a couple days ago and said, starting March, every meeting, they're more than likely going to raise a quarter point right. to slow down the inflation. Mm -hmm. Well, here it is. You know, these things are coming out. We see this rapid appreciation of, of home values. Mm -hmm. Are they trying to slow the housing market down a little bit because it's getting unaffordable for a lot of people? It, it certainly is. I mean, I, I, I've definitely, in just a year where I've had people say, you know, we're gonna get off the fence and wait for the market to cool down. And I've said to them, I don't see it happening. <laughs> and and they said, well, we're just gonna wait a little bit. And let's say that they were approved at $350,000, which in Annapolis a year and a half ago could have bought them something, townhouse, you know, over, over off of Bestgate, something like that. Well, that's not the case anymore. It's four and a quarter, maybe even 450 now. It's gone up $100,000 in most areas in a year. I was just talking with uh, one of my good colleagues. You probably know Blair, Blair Kennedy with Nick Waldner's team. And uh, he had a listing in Burtonsville, Maryland. He's an agent now. He was, he's, uh, yeah, he's a kick-ass kick 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 agent. agent. What are you doing, Nick? He's yeah. an agent all along. Yeah, yeah, he's crushing. I think he sold like 50 houses last year, but I digress. So uh, there was a house that he had listed, in, and it's in a neighborhood. I grew up in that area, general area. And so I knew the area really well, and my client was looking for this house, and he really liked it, and they had it listed at like 585, Okay. This was only about two months ago. So the market's not cooling at all. And I said, yeah, I think that's probably about right. Looking at the comps, it looks like everything is sold at about X percent over. So I think you're probably looking at like 615 is where that number is going to come in. And my client's like, I don't want to pay 615. And I said, I, I totally understand, but I think that's what you're going to have to do to get it. So I'm talking to Blair, try to, trying to utilize the friendship that I have 
obviously he can't be um, unethical, but he can at least let me know, like, am I kind of in the right direction if I come at this point? And I told him, hey, I think we're thinking somewhere between 615 and 620. He's like, so far, you'd probably be in pretty good shape with that. The next day I call him, I go, hey, man, uh, we're going to send over that at 620. And he goes, that's not going to do it for you anymore. So I just talked to him today and I said, hey, how much did that house sell for? I'm just really curious. $630,000. Yeah. And it appraised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a long conversation, but um, yeah, it, it's, I really feel bad for these first time home buyers and, and they're getting crushed. Crushed. I, you know, as, as you know, you know, and obviously I'm, you guys only know who I am, but I own property up here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a townhouse up at Crofton that we're actually looking to sell um, and to get a single family. And the thought of even putting a six in front of it, I've worked, you know, for the fire department in this county for 20 years. I've been in the area. And to think of, uh, I mean, a normal house in the sixes, it's crazy. And these aren't luxury homes. No, they're not. They're normal families living in these homes. I'm just thinking of myself when I was 30 years old, you know, kids. And then, you know. I totally agree. I don't mean, because salaries certain aren't currently keeping up with. with Not at that same rate. The housing. No, not at that same rate. Although that's a whole nother subject. I mean. It was, I think, just in the last quarter alone, last year, over 70,000 people quit their jobs, right, <laughs> to try new careers and do different things. So there is actually, I think you're going to see a spike in in pay, but all that continues to go to inflation. You know, I have a construction company as well, and I was talking with a client today that's, that I let her know, like, listen, we're, we're working with you the best we can, and honestly, my goal at the end of your project is just to get out of it even. I don't expect to make any profit, but I don't want to finance your project for you either, Right. And so I totally understand that. And I said, here's an example, you know, just to really hammer it home. When you think I'm trying to, you know, run, run, run you over the rakes with these change orders, the siding that I ordered for you, when we first did the quote for you, we budgeted out your siding. It was about $4,000 in material alone, just material. When we finally ordered it, it was $6,700, yeah. $6,700, $2,700 more so yeah, it was over 50% more. Well, I need to put a little plug in there for us. Um, we do on the on the shore, we do a lot of new home construction. Yeah. And if you're considering buying a new home through a builder, use a realtor. They will 100%. pay us. They will pay us. You don't have to pay us. Um, but a lot of builders are putting in their contracts and they're not reading the fine print. Those buyers aren't reading the fine print that they're putting in these contracts that they can raise the price. They have to. Um, because, yeah. you know, over the time you sign, you know, that six, seven, eight months later when they got to pay the bills, mm-hmm. they're certainly not going to take it. So um, make sure you're reading the fine print on that. Well, absolutely. And and also, um, you know, a lot of, because of the municipalities with COVID, they've been really slow. We've totally changed direction here, but stay with us. Hopefully you're having as much fun as we are. Um, we'll you know, we, we, we have builders and developers in DC and in this area that are putting in that they will not, they're just saying it straight out front. We will not pay any rate lock fees if for any reason we have delays yeah. because you can't get anything through in a timely manner anymore. Um, and it's pretty challenging. You know, it's really challenging for these folks. And I have a client under contract on a beautiful home in Frederick that was supposed to have been delivered in February and he hasn't been able to lock in. And the rates have gone up almost a point in the last month for him to lock in. And if he wants to lock in for 60 days to be safe, which still isn't even safe, it goes up even more. So, I mean, people are definitely starting to feel this pinch of the rates that are going up a little bit. And I do think we're going to start to see a stabilization of prices 
probably towards the end of the second quarter. But right now, what I'm seeing, I don't know about you, is even with all these crazy things that are happening, people are buying, people are paying over ask price, and people are competing because there's just so many more buyers than there are sellers. Yeah, for those of you that saw the movie The Perfect Storm, if you remember, I'm not a weatherman, but it was a combination of three different types of storms that came together to, you know, that's where we're at. Um, you, you Correct me if I'm wrong, you've been doing a little longer than me. Inventory, pretty much all-time low. Prices, uh, uh, you know, the acceleration of, of these prices the, is out of control. And now we're seeing rise in interest rates because typically when rates start to go up, you know, we'll start to see more inventory come on and then it'll slow down and go to a buyer's market. We're in a seller's market with rising interest rates and no sign of relief with inventory. That's a perfect storm. Yeah. And if you're, you know, I know this is just opinion, but for those of you, it, it drives me nuts to hear these people go, well, I talked to, you know, my brother-in-law and he told me that you just wait. That $500,000 house, you'll be able to get it for three fifty. dollars I'm like, well, let me know. No. Yeah, no, you're going to be waiting a long time. I, I love it. I listen to Ben Kinney's podcast as well. And, and Ben Kinney always says something really, really great. And he goes, you know, uh, I think Chad and Bob are the guys that are on his podcast with him. He goes, you know, Chad and Bob, and he has this great voice. And he goes, I don't think there's ever been a time that I've been in the car with my old man and we've driven past a house. And he looked at me and said, I'm sure glad I didn't buy that one 30 years ago. <laughs> Prices go up. Yeah. Prices go up. And you know, they may fluctuate up and down, but they're going to go up from 1970 to 1980. They were higher 1980 to 1990, higher 90 to 2000, higher. Here we are. I mean, you know, I bought my house for $475,000, which was high. We were like, oh my God, what are we doing? I can't believe we're buying a house for 470, half a million dollars. People doesn't sound like that much. It's half a million dollars. And that was four or five years ago. And now our house, if we tried to buy it today, would probably be six twenty-five, six fifty. Yeah, I, I, I think I say this, and then I get blown away like the next day when I see an offer. I think, at least in the second home market, that we will see a little bit of stabilization mm -hmm. of prices as the rates start to go up. But then I'm seeing people still going twenty, thirty thousand dollars yeah. on the list, and they're pulling cash. There's people out there that have been hoarding their cash for yeah. a long time. Right. Well, they're not spending on anything. COVID has definitely created yeah. a ton of, of cash. Um, and to go back to inventory, so real numbers, though, real talk. So on average, we sell about five and a half million homes a year. Last year, there were 6.1 million homes that turned hands. So, yes, there's an inventory shortage only due to the massive amount of demand. But there's not really a shortage of homes. We actually sold... 600,000 more homes than we did the year prior. Okay. Yeah. But, but what's crazy is even with prices going up, we are having an inventory shortage for the demand as compared to 2005, 2006, 2007, which I don't remember exactly which year, but at the peak, 7.5 million homes sold. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, for those of you that are KW people or not KW people, hopefully you know who Gene Rivers is. Gene Rivers is incredible. Mm -hmm. You get an opportunity to hear him speak or, or go to an event. Um, but yeah, he said the same thing last year. It's like, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, inventory and things like that. And I, I got caught up in the conversation as well. He's like, we broke records in 2020. We broke records in 2021 for how's the soul. Mm -hmm. It's this, this pent up demand yeah. because everybody wants to be somewhere else mm -hmm. now. That's where yeah. second homes are really taking off because people are like, hey, I can work remote. 
I could do this podcast from Florida. Let's totally. go, man. Yeah. Let's roll. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, my wife is caught up in it right now. She keeps showing me houses that are almost a million dollars. I said, I don't, I don't want to buy a million dollar house. Even if we can afford it, which I don't know if we can, I don't want to buy a million dollar house. Well, that's that mental thing, though, too. <laughs> because you're thinking a million dollar house. Oh, my, I never in my life that I think I'd live in a million dollar house. I probably will very soon just right. because that's where we're it's, going. It's where they are. Well, money's almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like I saw the national debt is the highest there been. Oh, my like God. 30, they're making up terms now. Like, right. what's next there for trillion, like zillion or something? Uh, yeah, know. someday. <laughs> but like, money's just kind of like, yeah, a million dollars. So that's, that's jumping. Yeah. Well, and that's funny. In our sales talks, um, our sales, our sales meetings over the, uh, 2021, you know, I, I was having that very, very conversation and, I, and I'm going to get a little bit of potty mouth here uh, for just a moment. So please forgive anybody. But my team was, you know, saying this, we were having the same conversation and, and I just simply told them, folks, a million dollars ain't shit anymore. Not in the housing market. It's not. And I'm not talking about beautiful homes. My wife took me out to look at this $980,000 home or $880,000 home and I knew me and her, we would have to put another 150 I into was it say 100, 150, yeah. because it had wallpaper everywhere and it had old Formica cabinets and countertops and the bathrooms. I mean, so this wasn't even like a brand new build home. Yeah. Yeah. And the people that are downsized are the ones making out right now, because even if you get more than you'd ever imagine for your home, if you want to go buy something, you know, for those of you that are, you know, continue to have kids and have these expanding families, my, yeah. I, God bless you. I you know. might be going back to the old days where the kids were sharing rooms. Right. Know, like, right. That's, okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So let's get back to topic here. We were here talking about these fees, and I think we had a great conversation that took us down a lot of different directions. But the, the main topic here that we want to make sure that everybody understands is that these fees are, like Joel said, already here. The deadline for them to be absolutely implemented across the board is April 1st of 2022. They're going to be happening. Educate your consumers. Make sure that they know what's going on. Don't let them get blindsided. If you have buyers that might be on the fence, let them know what's going on and get them into a property as soon as they can. If they've got some cash that maybe they can put into the house to get them to win that house, they might be better off putting it into the house and putting it into a fee that goes nowhere. Okay, so being educated is the goal of this podcast, sharing information, sharing ideas is our goal. We want to make sure that we can provide as much value and as much opportunity as possible. And listen, it matters who you're in business with. We have an incredible call every Monday with this super talented gentleman named Eric Forney, and it's called the Market Market Minute, Market Monday. Monday, And he spends an hour telling us everything that's going on so that we don't have to go out and find this information because we're all busy agents and busy professionals and we're trying to you know, manage our lives. So make sure that if you're not listening to this podcast, if you're not on our team, that you're getting your information from somewhere because you need to be informed as a real estate professional. No longer are the days of you just winging it and going out there, okay, you are going to hurt your clients and you're going to be committing um, malpractice, really, I think. Well, what's that word that Gary uses all the time? You know, fiduciary. And we are. I mean, think about it. You know, we're sitting here talking about million-dollar homes. That's a big investment. That's the biggest. For most people, it's the biggest investment, you know, most normal people, the biggest investment you're ever going to make. So, you know, you got to make sure you're working with the right people. And and this is part of it, knowing these things. I'm looking at this chart now. It's kind of making me sick just looking at it. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it's really important. And that's kind of our theme. I started last year with the team. And, and I'm so glad that Eric came on board, you know, because uh, he's been incredible, but it's now we want to be, um, 
you know, we want to, to be as educated as we can get. You know, we want to know everything there is to know because that's what's going to, I mean, listen, last year for the first time ever, there was more real estate agents in the country than there were actually homes for sale. And so what does that tell you? You know, the market's great. Let's go get my real estate license. Yeah. And then that's all fine and good, but you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to stay educated. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and align yourself, right? I mean, you know, we, we've had recently a couple, you know, brand new to the business agents come on board that are doing very, very well now. Um, but they have the ability to say, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not practicing on you. I've got a team of people behind me that are going to be able to make sure that, that I've got all the tools necessary to, to do a good job. You're working with me because of our relationship, but you're going to be working with all of us for the protection and the fiduciary needs that you have. It's funny. So many agents that I've been talking to that are joining our team now or considering joining the two things that they're asking for is coaching and training. And when we say training, that's a pretty generic word, like market Monday. That's, that's education. Yep. It's training. You know, it's not an actual class. It's a, it's an open thing where we all discuss. And I mean, but it's really important. You know, I'm a sports guy. I'm a huge football fan. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that have played the position of middle linebacker, but they all weren't Ray Lewis. Right. But the difference with Ray and Ed Reed was they studied, they watched film all day, every day they're watching film. And, and that's what made them so good. Yeah. And, you know, so they just, they, they master their craft. Same thing for us. That's the same thing we're doing. Yeah. I mean, everything that we do, even this podcast yeah. is a way for me to make sure that I am focused on gathering information regularly because it's easy for your day to get busy and for you just to go a week or two or three and not pick up anything or read anything or learn anything new. But doing these types of things, at least for me, it forces me to be prepared. It forces me to be on my top game. <clears throat> Pardon me. And my goal every single day is to go out there and be a little bit better than I was yesterday, competing with myself every single day. And things like this help us do that. And Joel, I thank you so much for stepping in for Kenny. You did a great job of filling his big uh, shoes. Um, sure got ways to go, but I, I do appreciate it. I think that's it for our show. So rap stars, we're out. That's been our show. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to get in touch with Joel Feldman, Joel, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me just about anywhere. Um, but the easiest is to email me at joel at um, I'm all over the place. So whatever I can do to help. And you service what areas specifically? Uh, so, you know, we have a team in uh, at the Maryland Delaware beaches, Ocean City, up to Rehoboth. Uh, and then I'm down in Southwest Florida. So we have a team down from Sarasota down to Fort Myers area, which has become a popular, awesome. popular destination here. Yeah, so. beautiful down there. Awesome. Well, if anybody needs any help in those areas, and of course, all through Maryland, D.C. and Virginia, you know that we've got you here. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And we're out. See you.